What is up, plant people? Hey, today is Tuesday, uh, the 2nd of February in the year 2021, and you're listening to the Plant Apology Podcast, the show where we dive in to the lives, careers, and overall amazing amazing awesomeness of some really cool plant people. I'm Vikram Baliga, and I'm your host for this journey, and I'm stoked. I was going to say thrilled, and then I was going to say some other word that was not stoked, and it came out of my mouth stoked, and I'm not sorry. I'm not. Anyway, I am I'm so thrilled and stoked and uh, exuberant and jubilant, and other words that mean happy about today's guest. Uh, they are a good friend of mine who uh, has been d- d- such a cool friend and mentor through this whole podcasting journey that I've been on in this whole process over the past couple of years. And I can't wait for you to hear from today's guest, uh, whose name is Paul Chomo, one of the hosts of the Varmints podcast, which is a show you should 100% be listening to. It's fun. Uh, um, the Paul and Donna are incredible hosts. It is a great show for people that just like animals and nature and fun and great jokes. And so I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. Paul and I talked about everything from what it's like to start a podcast and ways to get plugged in and places where you can find good information and places you can find really annoying information. We talked wilderness survival, things you should eat in the woods, and things you shouldn't. So I think you're going to love it. And I don't know that I really have much else to say except for thanks for listening Thanks for being here, and to buckle up, grab your fanny packs, and get ready for today's episode 39 of the Planthropology Podcast with my friend, Paul Chomo, from the Varmints Podcast. All right, well, we're back, and it is, what, February? I think it's February right now. It's not when we're recording this, but I think when you're listening to this, uh, it's at least February 2021. Um, So say hi to the alien overlords next time they call. And uh, whatever else with that, that happens. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm so excited about uh, today's episode. My friend Paul Chomo, uh, who has been uh, such a cool like friend and mentor and guide as I've gotten into this podcasting thing, uh, is on with me today. And we're going to talk about something fun. So, Paul, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm well. It is uh, uh, for for those of you listening, we're recording. Uh, just before Christmas, um, 2020. And so, uh, I, I would like to say that the year's almost over and nothing weird has happened since we recorded this, but I don't think I can say that. So who knows what I don't the think world can of, say that. Who knows what the world of the yeah, future. And, a, and exactly a week ago, I finally found a reason to weasel my way onto your show, which I've been trying to do for months now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I'm so glad you reached out because I've been tr- I've been thinking about it too, and uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But first, um, uh, introduce yourself a little bit more. Tell us about uh, your podcast and just how you got into that, and and whatever else you want us to know about you. Okay, well, I I started listening to podcasts back in 2010, and um, 
the the podcasts that I was listening to were all the big ones. They were all the NPR ones, which are basically just these highly produced radio shows that are that are released as podcasts. And uh, Joe Rogan now and then I don't really like him, but a lot of the, the big ones, you know, Radio Lab, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be in podcasting, I guess I I have to have like a journalism degree and I have to have a professional recording <laughs> booth and I have to have all this stuff, like all these barriers to entry. So I guess I'm never going to do a podcast. And then in 2012 or 2013, somebody introduced me to a podcast uh, by a guy. His name is Scott Johnson and he's out in Utah and he makes four or five podcasts. It's what he does for a living. Uh, and he, basically makes all these podcasts in his basement and they sound remarkable. Like they're amazing podcasts. And I, and that's when I said, Oh, well maybe I can do this and maybe I can live out my 10 year old dream of being on the radio and talking <laughs> into a microphone, which is what I wanted to do when I was a kid. And uh, so for the next three years, I tried to think of um, what am I going to do a podcast about? And uh, I was working outside one day and, I was running out of podcasts to listen to. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know where I was going to go next. I wanted something different. And I thought, I wonder if there is a podcast about animals out there. That's pretty good. That That is fun and entertaining and something that I would enjoy listening to. And there wasn't. Wow. And I kept looking. I was like, are you sure that there's no animal podcasts out there <laughs> that aren't completely boring? And I was like, well, I think I know what I'm going to make a podcast about. <laughs> So in uh, 2016, late 2016, um, I started putting my podcast together. It's called Varmints, and we've been doing it ever since. And uh, it's just, um, you know, my podcast is about animals, but it's a combination of a lot of other podcasts that I was listening to uh, at the time. So I've taken elements from podcasts that I enjoy and just combine them into this one show that is about animals for people who don't know anything about animals, which is who I am. <laughs> well, and I got to say, it, it's a great show. It, it, and I'm not just saying Thank that because you. you're, you're sitting here across the computer from me. Um, but, but no. So when I got in, I, I'm a fairly new adopter to podcasts on both sides of the mic. Um, and like the first one I started listening to was a Harry Potter podcast called Potterless. Um, a couple of years ago, because a friend was like, I was one of these guys that I was like, ah, oh, podcast, I'm not listening to that. You know, I don't want to, I'm not that guy. I, I am that guy. But <laughs> I guess I didn't, I, I thought I didn't want to be. Um, and so a friend was like, dude, this is so funny. You've got to listen to it. So I jumped into it and that's like, and for a while, that's all I listened to. Like just Harry Potter stuff because I was like, oh, okay, I can do one. <laughs> and then the longer you're in it, the more you're like, oh, I, I there's other things out there. There's there's other shows mm-hmm. I could listen to. And so, oh, yeah, uh, you know, getting into it, I was like, OK, I I, I want to find new shows to listen to. And then I got on Twitter when I started this show and I was like, I don't know who else is out there. And somehow we got connected on Twitter. And I don't remember exactly how that happened, but I think yours was one of the first shows that I found and started following and um Man, I'm I'm so glad I did. Uh, as like I said, I think we've become pretty good friends over the past several months. And uh, absolutely, uh, but I love varmints. I and uh, again, I have been looking for a reason to get you on the show for a while. Uh, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. 
so we'll get uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, varmint some more as we go, and we'll talk about the reason that you're on the show here in just a minute. Um, but but just talking about the podcast space, I love having other podcasters on the show, whether they're plant podcasters or not, because it's such a. I think as a listener, again, I'm, I'm a fairly new adopter. I did not realize everything that goes into this. <laughs> like, I, I didn't realize this whole world of like recording and audio editing and interviewing and everything else. So, um, you know, you said you've been interested in like media or being on the radio and, and stuff mm-hmm. um, for a long time. How has your experience in podcasting been? Um, Eye opening. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, like you said, creating a podcast, you don't realize when you're, I don't want to say just a listener because listeners, every single one of them are precious. But when you're, when you're not creating a podcast, you don't realize how much work goes into it. If you, if you care about the content, if you care about how it sounds, if you care about what you're saying is, is correct it's so much work. I always call it the best worst hobby ever. <laughs> um, That's very accurate. It really is because you're putting this stuff out there for free and you're, you know, the, the reward from it is I probably when other people say nice things about it, like that's really the only reward. <laughs> I'm not making money from doing this. Right. So when somebody like you reaches out or when our listener reaches out and said, says, Hey, I liked what you did or, or, even when they have a little complaint, the fact that they like they're there's somebody that isn't your mother reaching out, <laughs> taking the time to tell you how you were, you know, wrong about what you said about um, uh, who's that uh, drug dealer. Um, <laughs> I got in trouble one time. Somebody got, Oh, it was Pablo Escobar. Somebody, okay. somebody got, somebody got pissed off at me one time because I, they, they thought I was saying something nice about Pablo Escobar in my hippos episode. Um, he was what wrong. A fun but just the fact, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was completely wrong, but he, it was nice that he took the time to reach out to me and tell me that I was wrong. Um, sure. But yeah, just the, uh, the amount of work that goes into making one episode of a podcast is just phenomenal. And it makes you, it makes you appreciate other podcasts and other other content creators, whether they're making YouTube videos or they have an Etsy page or whatever they're doing. It makes you appreciate those people so much more because you know that they're putting their heart and soul in it just like you are. And even if it's not your cup of tea, um, you know, you, you can appreciate what they're doing and what they're going for. I don't even know if I'm answering your question. I don't remember what the, the original I don't, question I don't remember was. Either. No, but it was a good answer. (laughs) Whatever the question was, it was a good answer. No, it's just been a real, um, a real learning experience. And once you get the bug, like once you figure out, Hey, this podcasting is great. I love doing it. And then you get into that trap of how do I do more of it? Oh, I have another idea for a show. Oh, I have another idea for a show. Oh, how about this? Do I have time to do that? I think I can make time to make that podcast. (laughs) And then it just consumes your life and then it's over with. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah you I know what I'm talking up, about. I just picked up show number four and like, oh my, there's something <laughs> wrong with me, man. I don't know. It's like, I don't have enough to do. Um, yeah, you got the bug. I did. You got the podcasting it's so much bug. fun. It's it so hard. much fun. 
It is. It really is. Um, yeah, it, it, it bit me hard for sure. Um, but that actually <laughs> leads me into my, my next question. So, uh, one of the ways that I found, I, I think now I remember, um, I actually found your show through the underdog podcast community, uh, Facebook group. Um, mm-hmm. because when I first started, I like pulled up all these, like, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to find some people that I can try to learn from. And so like, I just like, typed in podcasts to Facebook and, the number of podcast groups out there is insane. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I joined a couple and they became pretty quickly like, listen to my show and listen to my show. And the only posts were like links to people's shows. Um, and then someone either recommended the under underdog podcast group or like it popped up in my recommendations or something. And it's such a great group because like, like y'all don't allow just all the time self-promotion. Um, one of the rules is, hey, check the answered questions before you ask a question as much as you can. Right. Um, so how did that come about? And how did you, so you're you're a moderator or an admin on the group. So how did all that happen? Um, that group was started by Chris Green, who is the host of the This Week Today podcast. And uh, back a few years ago, he he uh, sent me a message. He said, I think I'm going to start a podcasting group. Do you have any ideas of how that, what it should look like, how it should be run? And I said, yeah, I have a lot of ideas because there's a lot of uh, podcasting Facebook groups and they're all garbage. Like they're all just a wasteland of constant self-promotion. There's really, with the exception of one or two, there's really no support going on. It's just, listen to my show. Uh, you know, if you give my show a five star rating, I'll give your show a five star rating. If you subscribe to me, I'll subscribe to you. All that garbage. So I said, yes, I have very specific ideas about how a Facebook group should look and should be run. And if you need somebody to help you do that, I will help you do that because I have managed, uh, groups before online. Um, I'm not afraid of making people mad at me <laughs> and I will be glad to help you. <laughs> and so that's how that came to be. It was, and it's just been for a while we had a third moderator. Um, but for the most of the time it's been, Chris has been the admin and I've been the moderator and I think we're coming up on 4,000 members now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we keep things tight in there. We there's rules and, they have to be followed. And, you know, when people follow the rules in any group, it's a good group. When the the mod, when the mods and the admins start slipping or, or start ignoring it, then, boy, you've seen podcasting groups. You give podcasters an inch and they'll take a yard, man. Yeah. Any, any, any little crack, any little way they can figure out how to promote themselves. And I've started posts in that group that were like, uh, some I'll just pull something out of my butt. Like, what is your favorite podcasting logo? That isn't yours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's your who's your favorite podcast interview? That isn't you or your co-host. <laughs> you know, yeah. You have to do that stuff, or the, they will go nuts. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that and we we chat every now and again about um like podcast group tropes, and that's a big yeah. one. Is like someone someone will post uh, uh who's the best podcaster out there, and ninety percent of the answers are like, well, I am. 
obviously. <laughs> this guy. Oh, it's just kind of pathetic. It's it's something. And and uh, <laughs> listeners, I say all this. Uh, I, I like to give you all, a, if you're not a, a creator, uh, I like to give you a, a peek behind the curtain sometimes because I think it's good context for everything that we do. And as you listen to shows, not just this show, but like as you listen to all the podcasts or YouTube channels, I think it's good to know that there's like this whole world of uh, uh, work and and sometimes drama and <laughs> other stuff that, sure. that that you don't see. And I think it's good, like uh, just for the appreciation of the craft in general. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like I say, I didn't really have that appreciation until I started creating content myself. And then it was like, oh, okay. I am yeah. probably never going to leave anybody a bad review or a nasty YouTube <laughs> comment ever again. Oh, God. The YouTube <laughs> comment section is like one of the lower circles of hell. <laughs> it's, do not do not pass go. Like, Do not collect $200 straight to jail. Oh, you're not wrong. Um, but no, and, and also if you're an up, up and coming podcaster, if you're thinking about starting a show, first thing I would say is do it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, yes, but find good community, right? There's a great podcast com uh, yes. community on Twitter. Uh, and then like the underdog group and a few others on, on Facebook are very good. Yep, absolutely. And, um, if you put my information in the show notes, um, look me up and I'll help you say Vikram sent me. <laughs> and I'll give you a hand. I'll talk to you. That's awesome. And that's very generous because I know it's that's time consuming for sure. But um, all right. Well, let's jump into uh, the, the reason that, that as you say, you weaseled your way onto my show. But uh, I, I like I like pitches like that of like, hey, I have this thing I want to talk about. Can we come? Can I talk? I'm like, yes, please. I, you mean I don't have to hunt down a guest and try to to browbeat them into being on the show absolutely yes <laughs> um so uh why don't you tell us your uh your hobby um that is very very plant related sure um should i give you the origin story or or how do you yeah want to do yeah yeah no i want to hear the origin okay. story for sure uh the origin story is um Back, I don't know if you remember, but back in the early 2000s, there was a cable network called the Discovery Network. Yes. Do you remember that that network? I, I do. I, um, I've heard of it. <laughs> it. Very different than it is today. There was um, yes. uh, not a lot of reality TV. Uh, it is today's Discovery Network is. I won't. I won't go into it. You know, I'll just rant for the next hour about. <laughs> What I think about the, the Discovery Network. Oh, boy. Anyway, there was a show on there called Survivor Man, and the host was a guy called Les Stroud. And then a little later on, there was a show called uh, Dual Survival, which, granted, that's a reality TV show, but it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, I was spending a lot of time outside. I worked outside full time. I also enjoy hiking. I enjoy camping. I enjoy being outdoors. And these shows were about uh, wilderness survival. And um, I just got very interested in that because there was, I don't, I don't plan on getting lost in the wilderness, but there were principles in those shows. I thought there were some very handy things to, to learn and to, you know, little, 
little things that could help me in my everyday life, whether I was working outdoors or whether, you know, camping or just spending time outdoors, there was some little principles and some little things that I could learn and apply in those situations. So I began um, studying and practicing wilderness survival skills. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. that, like I, I've, I've always said that like, I know plants and stuff, but if I ever end up in the hunger games, I'm probably not making it off the platform, <laughs> right? Like I'm going to be the first to go. Um, or like I'll die in a training accident or something like I'm not I'm, like I'm not surviving the hunger games, but I always like to think like, oh, I could I could find plants that would keep me alive, but I I, I wouldn't make it. Um, so uh, that's that's really interesting. So when you say that you're like practicing these skills, what does that mean? Like, how do you like practice for wilderness survival? Um. A lot of it, a lot of the practice comes from um, applying the things that you've learned in a very safe environment. So, for instance, you want to learn how to maybe build or or make a fire with just sticks. Okay. You don't want to try to figure that out (laughs) when you're in the woods and lost. Right. Right. Uh, you know, you want to figure that out in your backyard, ideally. And believe me, starting fire with sticks is a pain in the butt. Try not to do that. That's like a total last resort. Um, you know, so when you're camping or hiking or, or generally outside in your backyard, that's when you can say, oh, um, I wonder if I can do this or I wonder if I can do that or I wonder if I can, uh, you know, start a fire this way or I wonder if I can. You know, you, you just you practice, you practice it in safe environments and, you know, at home on hiking trails in the campground, you know, somewhere where you're not all of a sudden having to learn how to do this thing so that you don't die. <laughs> that is good to know before before you have yeah. to, like, survive, like actually know what to do. Yeah. And also, I we live in a, a hurricane prone area. So, like, when you're power goes out even for a few hours, but up to, you know, like it with hurricane Irma, the power was out for a week and a half and you, you know, it's September and you don't have air conditioning um, and you don't have electricity and the food in your refrigerator is rotting. It's good to have some of those little skills under your belt to know how to uh, you know, keep an eye on yourself, keep an eye on your mental health, mm-hmm. make sure you're not getting dehydrated Um you know, making sure that your water is clean, all that good stuff. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, I'm, I live in the middle of nowhere and, you know, we don't have, uh, uh, hurricanes. We do get tornadoes and stuff from time to time, but, um, yeah, I can see that like, oh man, I, you, you want to know that stuff beforehand and you, you get to maybe, you know, you said, uh, earlier that you don't plan on getting lost in the woods. And I think that that's a good thing probably. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but people don't, I guess really ever plan to be in a, like a disaster situation. It's uh, no good stuff to know though. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break. And uh, when we get back in just a minute, we'll talk about some practical tips and some things you can do to not die in the woods. 
Well, hey, I didn't see you standing there. Welcome to the mid-roll. It's the part of the show where we take a break and we talk about stuff and we listen to trailers sometimes, even though I'm not going to play a trailer today because this first section was a great trailer for the Varmints podcast. I'm just going to tell you again to go listen to the Varmint podcast. It's also a time when I can say thank you to some people. Thanks to all the folks that support the show on Patreon. It is a big help. It helps make sure that this show is taken care of and that we can do all the things we need to do. Um, even though we have wonderful support from the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science, without whom this would not be possible and you wouldn't be listening to the sound of my voice right now. I appreciate the department. I appreciate all the patrons and everyone who keeps this show running, pays for hosting, pays for all the stuff. If you'd like to be a patron of Planthropology, head over to patreon.com slash planthropology. And uh, for as little as like a buck a month, I think, I think probably for cheap, cheap a month, uh, you can get on the list to talk about cool stuff and uh, get some swag sometimes and um, just be a great friend of the show. Also, thanks to our Podners, which is Podcast Partners if you're new here. Um, Pecan Ridge. Pecan Ridge is a great source for local goodies, gifts, and uh, just overall amazing fun. You should follow them on social media. Lots of cool stuff comes out of Pecan Ridge. If you go to their website at pecanridge.com, you can order lots of sugary, nutty goodness, and they'll ship it right to your place of residence, and someone will leave it on your porch. Just use the promo code plant people at checkout and get 10% off your order. Also, want to shout out Local LBK, great organization here in the Lubbock area that supports local business that has been super meaningful during this whole pandemic of uh, shouting out places that are open and helping advertise and market and stuff for local businesses and small businesses that may be struggling on their own. Local LBK, for the low price of five bucks a month, is your source for discounts, um, deals, great offers and all kinds of things all over town. So check out locallbk.com, sign up. Um, there's a link in the show notes and uh, you won't regret it if you're in the Lubbock area. Um, do I have other things to talk about? Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to engage with the show, with me and my ridiculous silliness follow on social media we're everywhere instagram twitter the face space i'm even the plant prof on the tiktok machine where i am an elder statesman but i want to hear from you join the plantropologies cool plant people facebook group there's lots of fun plant pictures lots of memes you'll enjoy it but um yeah connect reach out be cool keep keep being cool and uh keep listening because here in just about a couple of seconds, we're going to tell you how to hopefully not die in the woods. All right, go. So, so let's talk about how it seems obvious to me, but I think there are probably a lot of ways that it's not obvious. So how, how do plants relate to wilderness survival, except for the fact that they are the wilderness sometimes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, First of all, um, I think your listeners should know that I'm not giving them like advice, like don't get lost in the wilderness and then try to remember what the guy from Varmint said to do on a (laughs) podcast. And please don't die because of what I'm going to tell you. Yes. Um, 
Yes, I agree. Like this, <laughs> these are not recommendations. The CDC has not approved these statements. <laughs> well, the big thing you can do is just learn what plants and what trees are in your area, and and learn how to use those to to your advantage. Um, the main the main things that you want to do if you find yourself lost in the wilderness, first thing you need to do is stop. Just stop, sit down on something. Uh, if there's a log nearby, sit down on the log or the stump or rest your back against a tree and just stop, breathe, look at your surroundings, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, your next priority is going to be first aid. If you're hurt, if you're bleeding, if you're if you've sprained your ankle, you know, what can you use? What plants and trees and limbs and sticks can you use to, you know, wrap up a, an injury or brace an ankle or a wrist so that you can keep going? Um, shelter. Trees and bushes are amazing for building shelters. Um, if you have vines nearby or if you have any kind of like a, an ivy, you know, with like a really thick, sturdy stem thing on it, you know, that's you can use that as cordage. Um, building a fire, of course, you know, firewood everywhere. You know, that's where trees and plants come in handy. Um, you have to signal for help eventually. And if you get that fire going, you can put green things on that fire and they will burn black. And uh, that'll give you, you know, people will see that black smoke, hopefully, and know that there's <laughs> somebody out there in need of help. Um, you know, and, and then just, you know, like if there's edible plants in your area, you'll know what you can survive on. Um, food is kind of like a, uh, it's one of the last things that you should worry about if you find yourself in that situation. Really your, your main things are going to be, um, first aid preventing, uh, hypothermia or hyperthermia, because that's what gets a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, getting water, building a fire. Like that, those are the main things. And those are all things that you can use trees and plants for. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's it's funny because I think you see like stuff on TV and you see like, so uh, he, he's not listening to this. So, uh, you know, there's the show Man vs. Wild, which I'm sure if you're like Les Stroud, the survivor man, you hated Bear. Bear. He had to hate Bear Grylls. He had to hate him. <laughs> You know, um, you you don't don't drink your own pee. <laughs> your 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 body is getting rid of that for a reason. Don't drink your own pee. Um, he actually like yeah. Uh, I don't want to say anything bad about the guy, but you know, I don't really consider that a good a good thing to watch if you're interested in wilderness survival. He took a lot of dumb chances and drank a lot of pee and just did not <laughs> I can't get behind that show like that was more like I don't even I don't even know what you call it like sensationalistic wilderness survival yeah I mean it was entertaining because like every episode he jumped off at least three oh, cliffs for sure. oh yeah <laughs> yeah exactly he was like no, you, on, you're one not episode, on one episode he was he was lost. Well, not lost. He was wandering around in uh, Africa and he came upon a pile of elephant poop. 
and he was squeezing the water out of the elephant poop so that he would have something to drink. It's like, dude, no. I, I watched that no. one. Unfortunately, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. And and it's funny because I, I used to watch that show for a while because it. You know, I think I was probably I was a, a teenager probably when when that came out, and I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. It's cool. And then I got a little bit older, and I was like, this guy's an idiot. Again, I don't want to say anything like. <laughs> But he's, he's an idiot. idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot. Um, like it was entertaining, but like there are some. Like, I thought Survivor Man was great because one, he didn't have a camera crew. It was just this dude like setting up his own shots, and so like every shot you saw of him like climbing a cliff, he set up the camera and then he climbed the cliff and then he went back to get his camera. And so I was like, yeah, that looks exhausting. Like, yeah, but. But he gave some really good tips on, you know, how how to not die. You know, uh, and mm-hmm. I guess that's the goal is like survival, literally just like how to not die in the wilderness. Yeah. And you realistically, you have 72 hours after huh. 72 hours. Your your likelihood of making it out alive goes down quite a bit. So, yeah, wilderness survival. Like the key word in that is survival. This is not primitive living. It's not camping. It's not homesteading. It's getting out of danger as soon as you can. Not to say that these things won't work in a in another situation like camping, but that's what wilderness wilderness survival is: is just getting yourself rescued as soon as possible. So, so one and and you may have kind of answered this a little bit earlier, but uh, is do, you should stay put, right? Like, like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to find a river and I'm going to follow that river to a road or a settlement. But like, I, I feel like once you start moving, your odds of like getting hurt go up, your odds of getting lost go up. So it's like, should you stay put uh, as long as you're not in immediate danger? That's a good question. I get it's just situational, you know, sure. like the first yeah. thing you should do for sure is stop and just kind of look your look around and see where you're at and what you can do. I mean, it so much depends on the terrain. If you you know, you have to figure out which way is north, which way is south. Um, it just depends. Like, sh- you know, if it's getting dark, should you stay put? Probably, yeah. If it's the middle <laughs> of the day and you kind of know where you're going, you can probably make a little bit of ground and, and try to, you know, get your bearings about you. One sure. cool thing down here in Florida is um, as far as like getting yourself pointed in a, in a, in a good direction, or knowing which way, because, you know, if you get it like in a bunch of pine trees and you can't really see the sun all that well, you don't really know which, which way you're, you're facing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so slash pines down here, we have a ton of slash pines and on those trees, all sometimes all the branches are on the South side of the tree. Hmm. And I don't know why that is, but usually the biggest longest branches are on the South side of the tree. So somebody who doesn't really, who's not really into wilderness survival would just look at a bunch of slash pines, slash pines and go, oh, there's a bunch of slash pines. When I look at them, I see a bunch of signs pointing south. It's like these trees just have these big arms pointing south. So, you know, that's where that's where knowing what grows in your area and what you can use to your advantage helps a lot. Like, do you do you have slash pines there? Uh, not, not where I live. Uh, we okay. don't have trees. 
Um, we have rab- jackrabbits. That's about it. Uh, no, <laughs> we don't really have native trees. But in East Texas, uh, uh, where some of the woods are, the piney woods, yeah, there's a lot of slash pine out there. That's pretty interesting. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I'll have to look at why that is. I have some guesses. Um, I would think because of how densely they grow, uh, since the sun is generally in the south, that's the reason they put, I would think, and I'll, I'll look this up and I'll inject a, I'll put a, you know, aside here. Um, but I would think it's because they're, they're, you know, it's expensive to grow branches and limb and leaves and stuff for a tree. So they're going to put them in the direction that the sun is because they'll make the most like sugars and photosynthesize the most that way. That's really interesting. That's really handy because, you know, if you're in the woods, you always know which way south is and you can just point your body in the proper direction and walk. That's pretty interesting for sure. I'll have to, yeah, I'll look that up and I'll drop some more information about slash pines and uh, why they point south right here. Um, so a question I have and, and uh, you know, as as someone who thinks through like. Uh, wilderness survival and you know first you, you know you said you like hiking and camping and all of that are there like uh must have gear things that you take with you when you go uh when you go camping oh. or when you're out in the woods or whatever yes thank you thank you for asking this thank you um everything you need to make it 72 hours everything you need that will give you the best chance of getting rescued within 72 hours, I should say can fit in a fanny pack. Oh it, yeah. It's amazing. So the first piece of equipment that you have that will most likely save you, it's the most valuable thing that you have is your mouth telling somebody where you're going, what you're doing and when you're going to be back. If it's a close friend, if it's a, a family member, whoever it is, if you're going to go out, especially if you're going to go out by yourself, especially if you're going to go hiking where there is no trail, mm-hmm. tell somebody where you're going and when you intend to be back by. That's the best way to ensure that you are going to make it. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the most important piece of equipment that you have is your mouth communicating to somebody mm-hmm giving them a map if that's available is even better, but just saying, Hey, I'm going to go out here and hike for a day, you know, check in with me at eight o'clock tonight. If you don't hear from me, I'm in trouble. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, compass is good to have. They're usually pretty small. Um, they're handy, especially if you're in a heavily wooded place and you can't see the sun or if you don't know how to, um, you know, if you don't if you don't have slash pines around you that point south, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. compass is really good. They don't take up a lot of room. Um, water. If you're if you're going hiking and you don't take a bottle of water with you, you're just you're asking for trouble. You at least have a little, a little. Uh, I'm holding it up to the camera. Little sixteen ounce bottle of water. Mm-hmm. At least have one of those. Um, food like just throw a little Cliff Bar in your panty in your fanny pack. They don't take up much room. Um, a space blanket. Hmm. Those are, you can get a really, really big space blanket that folds up into something that's about the size of a playing card. And they're huge. And those things make good shelter. They will keep, um, keep you warm. Uh, you might only get one use out of them, but that use could be, 
could you know could mean your life yeah um a, a small little headlamp or flashlight with led lights in it you know again those don't take up much room sunglasses sunscreen to protect yourself from the stunt the sun three ways to start fire that is not mm. rubbing sticks together <laughs> so you know waterproof matches uh, a little bic lighter a little magnesium flint thing that you can you can light fires with um, there's a saying that if you have three ways to make fire, you only have two ways to make fire because one of those things is not going to work. If you have two <laughs> ways to make fire. Yeah. If you have two ways to make fire, you only have one way to make fire. And if you only have one way to make fire, you're, you're, you're going to be in trouble. And then the last thing that you can pack again, doesn't take up any room at all is some sort of cordage like paracord that you can get a, a, a thing of paracord that's, 50 feet long. If you have to build a shelter, if you have to, if you have something that you need uh, cordage for, like I say, all this stuff just fits in a, pa- a fanny pack, put a little multi-tool in there so that you have a few little tools and, and knives and stuff. And uh, you're probably going to be okay. Now I don't want to sound like I'm cocky and that you could just throw me in the wilderness and I will be okay. Cause I might die. <laughs> I might die too, you know, but I might maybe last a little longer than you do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like I said, I'm not making it long. Uh, You you might be the first person to die in the, in the hunger games, but I might be the second person to die. It's just, (laughs) you know, that's pretty funny. Yeah. That, that movie cracks me up because it's like, she knows about plants. She can shoot a bow and arrow. And I, I was like, I, I know about plants. You know, what's what's funny, and, and this is kind of an aside, is like my my stepdad uh uh is a is a retired army ranger. And so like during ranger school and he did uh he went to Delta school, so he was in the in the Delta Force and like they just like drop him off and they're like, All right, see you sometime. Good luck get getting back. And so like he knows all these like survival things, and we were talking about it one day. And he was like, this was a few years ago. And I think he asked me like, so what would you do in this situation? I was like, I don't know. I'd probably die. And he just like rolls his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably just die. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, that's, that, that's all good advice. And just like simple things you can take with you when you're out in nature. And I'll throw in some advice. Uh, You know, we talked about food and, and, you know, you can last a while without food. Uh, Being hungry is annoying. Like, but for three days, if you had to go without eating, um, I would say if you do not know, and I say this all the time, if you do not know what the plants in your area are, probably err on the side of being hungry um, because there are a lot of plants out there that you do not want to put in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and this being Florida, of course there is, there are plants that can kill you as well as people and animals. So you have to be very, (laughs) very, very careful. It's like it's like the Australia of the U.S. It really is, man. But yeah, food is like the last that should be your last um, concern. Like, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a tall guy. You know, I'm I'm not a big guy, but I have what they call a classic dad bod. (laughs) So I have some fat reserves that will 
will get me through for a while until my body just starts eating its own muscle tissue. So <laughs> yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be headachy and grumpy, but if you're carrying a little, you know, 10 or 15 extra on you, like I am, you'll be all right. Be all right. Three, you can make it three days. Uh, and I'll say yeah. this, I, I should put this at the end. Actually, I, this, if I was going to have a, a tagline, I should start a new, ta- a new, new tagline. That's just don't eat the mushroom. If you see a mushroom, <laughs> just don't eat the mushroom. Uh, <laughs> the, t-shirt. Yeah. Don't eat, just don't eat the mushroom because like as many plants as there are out there that want to kill you, there are even more mushrooms that want to kill you. And so it's like, just, yeah. you know, if you were not a thousand percent sure what the mushroom is, probably still don't eat the mushroom. But like, I, I have some friends that are like foragers and they're like, Oh no, you can eat this and this. And I'm like, don't tell people that it's fine for you to know no. that. <laughs> it's fine for I you think, to know. It? I think it was, um, I think maybe it was Terry Pratchett that said every mushroom is edible once. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of them will make you like, you know, sea creatures with extra, you know, heads and stuff. And some of them will kill you before oh, yeah. you hit the ground. And so it's like, just, just don't do it. Just don't eat the mushroom. Um, yeah. Again, not, I need to make some again, more t-shirts. Where, yeah. No, but again, that's where getting to know the plants in your area is important and helpful and something that you should do uh, when you're not lost in the wilderness. You should know you know, what plants can be used for what. There's a little plant down here that grows all over the place, and it's called a saw palmetto. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I mean, the, the heart of that, if you can cut into it, is edible. You can use the dry leaves for, for fires. You can use the green leaves for uh, dragging firewood back to where you are, like as a little sled. You can use them for roof, uh, you know, a roof if you're building a little shelter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're burning a uh, if you want a signal, you know, if you want a, a signal fire and you want something to burn black, those little green leaves burn nice and black. And it's just like an all purpose little little plant that you see everywhere. And you think that's ah, just a little scrubby little plant. What can that how can that possibly help me? But, you know, if you think about it and you think it through, like, OK, what can what can what can I use that plant for? You wind up with a pretty long list of of things that a long list of ways that that plant can help you get through. Yeah, absolutely. Saw palmetto. I, like, I know what I have a picture of it in my head, but that's, that's good to know. Uh, around here for us, we have a lot of mesquite trees. Like if you were lost anywhere up here, you'd run into mesquite trees, but like the wood is useful. They have thorns you could use for like, like sewing or, or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you were, I mean, again, you're not going to be, lost to this long probably but like the beans are a, a very good protein source um they can they're hard but you can like grind them and uh, people use them for flour and all kinds of stuff so like the mesquite tree up here and a lot of the native grasses are are similar uh, probably to that in some ways and in, in their usefulness mm-hmm. um are there uh and and i should this is something I, I meant to ask you before um like before we recorded but are there a couple of like uh, handy resources you like, like a book on on survival you like, or YouTube channels or something like that. Yes. Um, so one of the hosts on the original Dual Survival on the Discovery Channel, uh, he he wrote two books. He wrote one book called Ninety Eight Point Six Degrees 
keep your ass alive. <laughs> and that is about outdoor survival. It's about, you know, having skills, having basic skills to keep you alive uh, outdoors. Um, the other book is called, let me find it. Sorry. Oh, it's, it's fine. Called when all hell, it's called When All Hell Breaks Loose. And that is about urban survival, but there are like some wilderness survival uh, principles that are in this book. So, you know, urban survival, meaning you're in your house and you don't have any power because a hurricane hit or, you know, the grid's down or, you know, you're in some sort of shelter or some sort of in unfamiliar place where you need to, to survive. Like that's a, that's a lot like wilderness survival, you know? Yeah. Being in your own house and not having electricity, not having access to food that you might as well be in the wilderness, you know? So those two books, uh, 98.6 degrees. And when all hell breaks loose, uh, Cody Lundin is the author. And, uh, those are my to two go-to books. They're really easy to read. He has a really great sense of humor. Um, it's they're they're great books. Good good resources to have. Okay. Very very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think I have I think I have a book that that I bought on a whim a while back that I may throw in there. That's like 101 survival tips or you know bushcraft tips or something. Which I don't know if that's useful or not. I haven't. I think it's sitting in my truck and I've never actually opened it. So they may be really stupid tips. I have no idea. Um, but <laughs> and you know, those are, those are useful too. Sometimes you'll run across like an army handbook uh, that are, that's given to soldiers about how to survive or, you know, like a boy scout manual or some website that has, you know, you know, 10 things that you need to know for wild wilderness survival. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Um, the two books I mentioned just have really practical advice cool. that anybody, anybody can do to get themselves out of trouble. So those little, those little, uh, you know, soldier hand, you know, wilderness survival handbooks, they're, they're all well and good and you can look at them and have fun looking at them and you might even learn a thing or two about them. But just, uh, as far as like for regular people, those two <laughs> books that I mentioned are, are excellent. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll post those titles in the in the show notes if anyone's interested in looking them up. Because, you know, I think that uh, it is always good to be prepared. Um, and you don't have to be like, a, uh, you know, stockpiling years worth of grain in your basement or or anything like that. But having a, a few ideas of how to get yourself out of a tough situation is always a good idea. Absolutely. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, any, anything else that, that we missed is, uh, that was really interesting. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at my notes. Um, do, 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 you asked the right questions and I gave you hopefully the right answers. And that was pretty much it. Awesome. Um, okay. So, you know, uh, that I like to throw this question at all my guests. Um, and it's all, it's more fun for me when they don't know it's coming. Cause I always go, Oh, Oh no, I haven't thought about it. Uh, but if you had a piece of advice for folks, whether it's about wilderness survival or, uh, just life in general, what would that be? Oh, Wow. Life you in general or wilderness survival? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I did, and I was completely <laughs> unprepared for it. Good, so it's still fun for me. Um, let me think of life in general. Um, oh, I'm so stuck now. I, I probably in in two hours I will think of 23 things that will help you either with wilderness survival or life in general. So I'd, I'll just go with uh, don't eat gas station sushi. How about that? <laughs> that That is a survival tip if I've ever heard one. There you go. I like that hits it. both of them. Wilderness survival and just a good life tip. Yeah, so <laughs> in the apocalypse, if you if you come across uh, gas station sushi, just it's better to not. If you are... In a not apocalypse situation, same answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Paul, where all can we find you? Uh, you can find my podcast, Varmints, everywhere you get podcasts. It's the only podcast named Varmints, which is convenient. Yeah. Um, and then I have another podcast that I do on the side called Check It In with Chomo. It's just a dumb little side project where I uh, tell stories and talk about what soups I've eaten and just it's ridiculous but i, I love is the main podcast oh thank you <laughs> um yeah varmints is my main podcast that i do with my wonderful co-host donna and you can find that everywhere awesome well uh paul is certainly a good follow on twitter check out varmints check out the show it's really great uh paul my friend i really enjoyed that thanks for being on with me oh thanks for having me this is a blast thank you so much and uh to all of you out there listening keep being cool try not to get lost in the woods but uh if you do make sure you have your fanny pack uh we will see <laughs> you next time boink yeah i don't know that i really have much else to say except yeah don't 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 eat don't eat gas station sushi and try your best not to die in the woods so that you can come back in two weeks and listen to the next episode of planthropology with a new friend tyler froberg who is a really cool farmer he's cool on tiktok he's cool everywhere he goes so stay alive don't eat the sushi don't eat the mushroom and i will see you in two weeks take it easy you cool plant people